0: to know how to take your home from lackluster to blockbuster need to know the latest interior design trends then you'll be right at home with the find it style it podcast hosted by lauren keenan where we show you how easy it is to create beautiful spaces and turn your house into a home you'll love find it style it
1: shake it Hey podcasters, I'm Lauren Keenan, interior stylist and founder of Find It, Style It, which is all about helping you create a home that you love. I'll tell you more about that shortly, but let's talk about today's guest on the podcast, a man who's carved out an extremely successful TV career over more than two decades and has become one of our biggest exports on the small
0: screen. No one knew that Backyard Blitz was going to be as big as what it was. You know, we won a Logie Award every year for six consecutive years. Um, But then moving into uh, The Block was certainly a whole other chapter in in my career and um, it was after doing two seasons of The Block when it first began uh, that I got a tap on the shoulder from Oprah and my US career started and I haven't looked back since.
1: Jamie Durie has been a regular on our TV screens for more than 15 years and he's built a massive career in Australia and the US. But that's just the start. He's also an accomplished horticulturalist, a landscape designer, and he's been winning awards all over the world for his work, including a gold medal at the famous Chelsea Flower Show. So let me take you to Jamie's Sydney studio where we chat about how he spent a long time running from a media career, as well as his insight into the latest design trends and his huge passion for the environment.
0: Subscribe for exclusive perks and insider tips at finditstyleit.com.au
1: Jamie Durie, welcome to the Find It Style It podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks Thanks for having me, yeah. So you wear a lot of different hats. You're a landscape designer, a TV presenter and producer, an author, a furniture designer. How do you manage it all?
0: (laughs) Um, It all really feels like the same thing to me, to be honest. Uh, You know, as long as I'm being creative, it doesn't really matter what I'm working on. Um, And I tend to just focus on the things that I really love. I love making interesting informative TV that's entertaining but uh, that also people walk away going, hmm, wow, I just think I learned something in and maybe I'll get inspired to do something else, you know. Um, And and for me now furniture has been um, the greatest succession in in my career. Um, For the last 12 years we've been developing ranges of furniture for various retailers, both in Australia and the US and, and in Europe, that's become my greatest passion. So, yeah, and I think it's a, it's a natural evolution, really.
1: So you have an office in LA and you also have an office here in Sydney. Do you find style-wise style when you're designing a landscape project or furniture for one market or the other, do you think we like different things in different markets?
0: Look, if I had to separate the two markets, I would say that America's a more conservative market. Mm-hmm. I think um, Australians are less inhibited by history because we're a rel- relatively young country and we're not influenced so much by our, our own history because we are so young and because, more importantly, we're very multicultural here. Um, so we're very open to other cultures and other ideas and influences and uh, I think we've done very well to develop what I like to call the Australasian style it has a resort indoor outdoor feel to it, um, and Californians embrace that equally.
1: So, bit of a geeky design question then. Can you tell me a bit more about your design process? Like, how involved are you? Um, you know, how do you work through to create these furniture ranges or to create a new landscape design? What's your process?
0: I've always sort of maintained that whether you're building uh, a garden in the suburbs for $15,000 or if you're building a development in Dubai for $2.5 billion, it's the same philosophy. You really want to invite people to live in the landscape and create what we like to call this transterior environment where it is both indoor and outdoor. And so from the very get-go, I'm very, very hands-on. I'll usually be out there on-site with the developers Picking up the earth, looking at what grows naturally in the area, um, and then tying whatever design theme we can into the surrounding environment, or, or the culture, or the history, um, or the the architecture of the, of what's proposed to be built. And the same goes for furniture. Um, if we're designing a certain collection for a certain retailer, or for uh, or even for a private client, we will study the choices they've made in the past both in fashion, in art, in fabrics, in, uh, in furniture, and, and we will try to offer them something fresh and new, but along the lines of what we think their tastes and influences are.
1: Aside from the projects that you've done on TV, what's the biggest or the craziest design project you've ever worked on for a client? Pro-
0: probably one of our largest projects to date would have to be the Al in Dubai, which was a, a two-point Four billion dollar master plan. Wow. Uh, it was about three hundred and thirty villas. Uh, most of those villas um, sold for between eight and ten million US a piece. But you know, we were asked to create a landscape in the middle of a desert. Um, How did you and, do that? And and very quickly. <laughs> um, lots and lots of water conservation ideas. Mm-hmm. Lots of harvesting water using filtered water, using recycled green waste to improve the soils. You know, although, although the soils are very sandy out there and well-drained, um, that means they leach a lot of nutrients. And so by adding a lot of green waste from the municipality there, we were able to uh, improve the soils to a point where we got a very, very high yield of plants in a very short time frame. Wow. And the development looked like it had been growing in an oasis for 10 years when yeah. by the time it had been sold. So that was probably one of the largest and and craziest projects I've ever worked on. When someone says to me crazy, I tend to err on the side of TV. <laughs> Cuz because a lot of what we do on television is pretty Pretty damn crazy. I yeah. saw
1: an episode of Outback Nation the other night where you almost got taken out by a palm tree.
0: Yeah, that happens. Did you see a
1: life flash before your yeah,
0: eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm still. I'm still uh, nursing two broken fingers really? and some ruptured ribs. And, so uh, how
1: long ago was that filmed?
0: Uh, that was about a year ago. Okay. Yeah, and I'm still suffering the aches and pains. <laughs> so, you know, television in the US is, uh, is, is pretty nuts. You yeah. know, uh, I think I've, I've used up most of my nine lives now <laughs> um, after shooting Outback Nation, but I'm heading back over to shoot a new show. In a in a month's time, and uh, and that'll be a completely different show. Is it? Um, Can you tell
1: us anything about that? Yeah, because I'm sure we'll get it here in Australia at some point. Yeah,
0: won't we? Uh, you will. You will get it here in Australia at some point. I would think, but um, it's one of those rare shows where I get to work on the interior and the exterior, mm-hmm. and I work on couples okay. who are um, looking to solidify their relationship. Um, Is that code
1: for arguing about what they're going to do with their house?
0: No, no. Solidify is a good thing. (laughs) Um, So it has a lot to do with couples coming together in their own garden, uh, in new spaces, Mm -hmm. and me helping to feather their nests, let me put it that way.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like at the moment a lot of your work is coming back to this concept of transteria, so the cohesion between indoor and outdoor. Is that a really important design consideration for you?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, It really is. Uh, To us, transteria is our our term, if you like, and we developed this um, after working in the industry for 18 years and clients constantly asking us to break down the barriers between indoor and out. Um, and because we do offer an interior design service and a furniture design service and an exterior design landscape service, it became a very 360 concept for us. It was all about breaking down the boundaries right from the get-go, from, from the architecture uh, through to the furniture that's used. So we would use a lot of exterior elements and natural materials for our furniture, bringing that inside and then if we're looking at doing outdoor furniture, we want to make that feel very interior mm. because we, we like to think that we're – or we like to feel like we're offering um, a luxurious landscape. We call it luxcaping. Yeah. Um, You know, and therefore you're using sumptuous materials and, and beautiful quilted um, forms of padding on the benches and techniques that you would normally assimilate with, with interior design, but it's exterior.
1: So is the exterior still the starting point for the project then? Sort of I'm interested what comes first. If you're designing something where there's interior and exterior elements, where Where do you start?
0: I couldn't really tell you where I start. Usually there's just a nugget of an idea that gets sketched out very quickly within the first 20 minutes. Then I will hand that over to my team and we will further develop that into a concept drawing. Um, and then usually within a few weeks we're... Sitting back with the client again and presenting to them the full idea of the concept, mm-hmm. um, and they're jumping up and down with excitement until they realise how much it all costs, <laughs> and then we sort of tone it down to a budget to a budget conscious point where they still get all the fresh ideas that they wanted, but for the budget that they had originally yeah. proposed. And look, it could start with a crack in the pavement, or it could start with. Um, you know the the distressed walls that are around us right now. Um, it could start with the view to these tuckeroo trees. I mean, I, it it has to happen on site, and it and it only ever happens in the first meeting.
1: And you nut it out from there.
0: And the nugget of the idea is developed from there. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> So we talked a little bit about your furniture range, but can you tell me a bit a bit more about that? Because I think it's quite different from a lot of other things on the market at the moment. Your materiality is beautiful for, for starters.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, it, it's, it's happened quite organically, actually. Um, excuse the pun. I guess because my expertise started in landscape design 18 years ago, nature is a very big part of my design process. And um, so when I started to develop our first range of interior furniture, almost 10 years ago now, I looked to nature for those concepts. So one of the first stools that we did was called the ficus stool mm-hmm. and um, and it's shaped off the buttress root of a fig tree. Okay. Um, and so my concept came from an earlier sketch of that fig tree. Uh, in Italy, we collaborated with Riva 1920, mm-hmm. who are a, a fourth-generation Italian furniture builder, I think, the world experts in working with wood. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've become very close with their family. Uh, And so we go out to Lake Como and stay on the farm for for, for a few weeks and and just sketch away while we're out in the country there. And then we uh, we go into the manufacturing areas that they have and we start to develop the prototypes. And each year at the Milan Furniture Fair we um, head off and launch our new collection, which we're about to do this week. Wow. Yeah, which is very exciting. So this will be our... um, fifth year uh, at the Milan Furniture Fair and we've now developed about 36 products Mm -hmm. for them um, and we only really started with two or three. Probably the most successful product we did for uh, for that collaboration was the bungalow stool. What a lot of people don't know is that I was so focused on building a connection between the user of the furniture and the furniture itself.
1: Which is really important. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, both from an ergonomic point of view um, but also from an aesthetic point of view that I had based the concept of the bungalow stool off the human bone. All four of the legs of the of the bungalow stool are tapered almost like a shin bone. Wow. Where it starts with a very strong corner and then tapers in the middle and then it comes back out to a strong corner again. Uh, and then we wove some beautiful Italian leather over the top of it uh, and that's become our best-selling product. Wow. Uh, it now sells in about 18 countries throughout Europe and in all US stores. So from there we've developed close to 18 other pieces all um, related to that bungalow yep. style. So you can see that just the way that some of those... That nugget
1: that you were talking about before,
0: yeah. Yeah, that, that little nugget of an idea yep. that you start with can go in so many different directions if you allow it to and if you let it mature. Uh, But it takes time and there's a process.
1: Yeah. We'll hear more from Jamie shortly, but you can see footage of our chat on my website, findatstylet.com.au, and you can also sign up for my 7 Secrets Guide, and exclusive for subscribers to my Find It First list. Register now, and you'll also get a 10% discount on your first interior design or styling session with me in your home. And it really doesn't matter if it's a single room or your entire house. I can help you create a home that you love. Just send me an email through the contact form at finditstylet.com.au, and the rest is easy. Coming up, Jamie tells us how his Aussie slang almost got him in trouble on set with Oprah.
0: I said to her, oh, we're really great with pot plants over in Australia. And she goes, uh, Jamie, you're an American now. We call them um, container plants, not pot.
1: And he opens up about his passion for the environment and how he thinks our concern for the environment is changing the way our homes will be designed in the future. I'm Lauren Keenan, and this is the Find It Styler podcast with Jamie Jury. So in terms of landscape design, do you think there are trends like there are in interior design? And if so, what are the sort of upcoming trends, do you think?
0: Yeah, I think certainly 10 years ago, the the hottest trend was about building outdoor rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a show on it. Um, yep. We did multiple books on it. Um, and it was all about, you know, turning your exterior space into either a living room, a dining room, a kitchen or a bathroom.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um in, in America, you say bathing room because bathroom means a very different thing over there. Um, we call that a dunny.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> some other things too. We won't go there. Yeah.
0: I'll never forget the first time I went on Oprah. Um, I said to her, oh, we're really great with pot plants over in Australia. And she goes... Uh, Jenny, you're an American now. We call them, um, container plants, not pot. Don't use the word pot. That's another thing. <laughs> That's a whole other thing over there. So anyway, so I learned a lot of faux pas in my time with her, which was great. Um, Getting back to my original point, I think the the idea today is more about growing your own fruit and vegetables, um, empowering people to feel like they they're taking control of the food that they're putting into their children's mouths, less pesticides, less herbicides. Um, certainly using more environmentally conscious materials, um, looking at a chain of custody for all the, the, the woods and materials that we use within our landscape and asking the questions from the suppliers about where all this comes from and treading lightly on the planet. I think that's certainly a very big focus of landscape design today. There's a lot of companies out there that use the word eco that are not actually okay. eco. You know, for many years now I've never used pebbles. Because pebbles actually are the filtration system for natural riverbeds. Right. And where are they harvested from? Third world countries yeah. that rely upon these pebbles to filtrate the, their riverways. Yeah. And so when you start excavating from these rivers, uh, the very thing that filters the sediment, what builds up is the sediment and then you're blocking up those riverways. Mm-hmm. So... From, from the get-go, from very early on in our career, I say our because there's a super team behind me. Yeah, I met um, some of
1: them today. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, you know, we, we have always maintained that, uh, we'll, we'll take pride in every piece of furniture that we, we choose is FSC certified. It, that is, it comes from managed forests. Yeah. Um, all the materials that we use in our landscape are as environmentally conscious as possible. And that's, that's always been super important to me. And, think- it, and, a, and interestingly enough, Getting back to your original question, that is now very hip and it's become yeah. one of one of the trends of today. Yeah,
1: I know. And do you think clients are more educated about that now? So that's, you know, they, they come armed with their arsenal of questions about sustainability and how it's going to be incorporated?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, no one even knew what FSC was. You know, now people, they go, oh, does that come from a managed forest? So we
1: don't want it if it doesn't.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or, um, you know, are we cutting down rainforests to have pre- our pretty decks? Yeah. And they're asking those questions now, which is fabulous. Yeah. And not a moment too soon because, you know, another 1.8 more degrees and we will lose the Great Barrier Reef. Well, here the- we
1: are in April and it's 30 degrees. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, climate change is well upon us and mm. and uh, we've done enough damage, I can tell you. Yeah. Some of it irreversible. Yeah. I think we've lost something like 37 of our Australian species. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: Scary thought, isn't it? Hmm. I heard that you're going to be opening a showroom in LA later this year. Yeah. Is that right? What can you tell me about that?
0: Uh, well, we've, we've been really focused on the US for a number of reasons. I, uh, I started working on a lot of TV shows in the design area, both indoor and outdoor, mm-hmm. uh, about nine years ago there, and have done about 18 shows since. I was lucky enough to get a, a tap on the shoulder from the lovely Oprah Winfrey who uh, who helped me um, launch my US career over yeah. there. And, uh, and in fact, I'm going back on her show um, next month.
1: Oh, well, that's exciting. Which is
0: great. Yeah. So she's going from strength to strength. And so after eight or nine years of Doing a very similar thing that I did here in Australia back in the Backyard Blitz days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think 1999 was my first piece to yeah. camera over there, here. Uh, uh, we've decided to, alongside of collaborating with some very large US retailers, uh, open our first flagship store in California. So,
1: so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah,
0: it's going to be really exciting.
1: <laughs> and what about Sydney? Any plans for anything happening here?
0: Definitely, definitely planning on doing something here in Sydney, mm-hmm. Yeah. We um, we're putting our energy into US first, yep. and then once we've got that up and running and humming, we will certainly open up here. I mean, this this will always be my home, yeah. and it's where I share fifty percent of my time these days. And you know, I, I I love living here. This is where I want to raise kids. So yeah, yeah I um I think this is uh, it's it's important for me to have um, both work and play in in the area that I want to live in. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely. So you just mentioned reality TV. Um, you're a bit of a pioneer of reality TV, especially in Australia. What was it like when you first started out? You know, when, when shows like Backyard Blitz were coming onto the scene, The Block originally. You know, was it was it crazy? Was it um, how were the budgets? Were you doing lots of the work yourself?
0: Uh, I can tell you now, and my back will tell you that we did <laughs> a lot of the work ourselves in the early days. Backyard Blitz was uh, created by. Uh, Don Burke mm-hmm. and Channel 9 and uh, and I got a tap on the shoulder from a producer from Don Burke's office um, How does that happen? I, You know, I hadn't planned on getting into television <laughs> at all, I will tell you that In fact, I'll tell you that my friends would tell you in a second i was running away from media (laughs) when i went to study you know the glorious world of plants and then designing with them Mm -hmm. i mean spending four years at horticultural college and learning 3760 plant species and their hybrids and their cultivars is hardcore you know (laughs) and so um after spending you know eight or nine years in the entertainment industry in the US, um, dancing my way around the world. I decided to hang up my dancing shoes in Vegas and come back and, and start horticulture. So television was the last thing on my mind. I had done a ton of television interviews with Donahue and all sorts of stuff and Sally Jesse Raphael over in the US and and uh, I guess I was really looking to settle down and get into a career where I could both be creative, but also benefit the environment. And I felt like landscape design would be a, a fabulous place to start. And wow, I, I had no idea that it would blow up mm. to the extent that it did now. Yeah. And here we are on our 13th book, I think, 54 television shows. I, like my head spins when I just think about how much work we've done. Do you done ever pinch yourself? I do, yeah, um, quite often on my back where it's hurting the most <laughs> <laughs> from lifting all those bags of concrete with, with my mate Scotty Cam. Um, but no one knew that Backyard Blitz was going to be as big as what it was. You know, we won a Logie Award every year for six consecutive years uh, and I got Australia's uh, a Logie Award for Australia's Best New Talent I think when we first started out, so I was very lucky. Um, but then moving into uh, The Block was certainly a whole nother chapter yeah. in, in my career and um, it was after doing two seasons of The Block when it first began uh, that I got a tap on the shoulder from Oprah and my US career started and yeah. I haven't looked back since and I have to say I've been lucky because I'm still able to have... An Australian career and a US career, and Australians haven't really turned their back on no. me yet, which is which is fabulous, yeah. you know. And and in the same way, I haven't turned my back on them either. And I continue to to bounce between LA and here and and nurture, you know, the career that I love here equally. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, what impact do you think that those reality TV shows have had on the interest Australians seem to have on renovation, landscape, just doing so many things around their house? There's, we have a love affair with it.
0: The the greatest thing about um, these TV shows is that they have developed an appetite for Australian design, and they have empowered Australian homeowners to feel like they can be creative in in the best way possible and express themselves through design, both indoor, outdoor, through the garden, through the exterior. Um, we've 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 created an appetite. We've created a hungry market um, and we've told people it's okay to express yourself in other ways than just fashion, food and your vehicle, you know, because the home you live in really is the best expression of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone's ever going to get tired of fresh ideas when it comes to feathering their own nests. And that's why lifestyle shows, magazines, blogs... I, podcasts, all these things, uh, will will be constantly eaten up yeah, by the public.
1: There's an appetite for it for sure. Yes, and
0: it's yeah. become it's become just like news now. Um, you know, where where before there was, you know, just just current affairs and sports. Yeah. Now there's current affairs, sports and lifestyle. <laughs> and that's what we all expect now yeah. from in our daily, you know, spread of, of television and media. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, look, it's been so awesome talking to you today. Thank you for spending the time with us. My and, pleasure. Um, yeah, good luck at uh, the Milan Furniture Fair and with your new furniture range.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. Find it. Style it. Shake it.
1: It was so great to chat with Jamie. He's a really hardworking and passionate guy who's created an amazing career and achieved so many things. I think he's still got a lot of success in front of him with his plans to take his outdoor furniture and design business to the next level in California in the US. You can check out his lighting, rugs and beautiful furniture ranges at jamiedury.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Find It Style Up podcast. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And don't be shy. Leave us a review on iTunes so that other podcasters know what you think. All five-star reviews will get a shout-out here on the podcast. You can be sure of that. And if you need help creating a home that you love, get in touch with me. Just drop me an email at lauren at finditstyler.com.au. I'd love to help you. Until next time, this has been the Find It, Style It podcast.
0: Bye. Follow Lauren on your socials for latest style trends and tips. Just search Find It, Style It and subscribe now for exclusive perks, discounts and updates about
1: store openings straight into your inbox. Go to finditstyleit.com.au.